We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. Today on Trouble with the Script... We're doing what I think is as close to a perfect sports movie as you can possibly get. We're talking Miracle. I was fortunate to sit down in person with my buddies Dave Ruff and Will DeFreeze, and we went over this classic sports film and really heaped a lot of praise on it. As always, if you're enjoying Trouble with the Script, please remember to subscribe and rate and review. Let us know how we're doing, let me know what movies you're looking forward to, and make sure to check the feed for past classics on episodes that you might have missed. With that, let's get into Miracle. Welcome to Trouble with the Script, the sports movie podcast focusing on what worked, what didn't work, and what could have improved your favorite sports movies. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. Today, I've got two special guests live in studio for the first time in the history of this podcast. The host of the Circling Back podcast, Dave Ruff and Will DeFreeze. Guys, it's good to see you. Thank you so much for having us on, Kyle. It's always good to see you, Kyle. Dave, that's good radio voice. Yeah, this is my NPR voice. Yeah, I feel why? like I got to go NPR with Kyle. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't want to come in too hot and like turn this into just bit palooza. Just do it all in a Canadian accent. <laughs> just let me get warmed up. No, I'm excited to be here. I'm a fan of this pod. I'm happy you're doing it. Let's, well, let's I mean, get into I'm this. excited to have you guys. And uh, I, I, needed, I needed two guests on this because 
I'm not uh, I'm not known for being a big hockey guy. You guys, Dave, you're a Stars fan. Sorry. Everybody knows Dallas uh, is a hockey town. I'm the natural person to go to. Will, a hockey town or the mm-hmm. hockey town? I said a hockey okay, town. Okay, okay, okay. Will's a noted Red Wings fan, and uh, I, I needed two hockey guys because today we're doing Miracle. Miracle is a 2004 sports drama film about the story of the 1980 U.S. men's Olympic hockey team and their victory over the Soviet Union in the game dubbed The Miracle on Ice. Interesting point about uh, this recording, Dave. Until uh, until last night, I think you had not seen this movie. Correct. I, I think on the podcast you alluded to, circling back, I came clean and said, "Never seen Miracle," and everybody was kind of shocked by that. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't totally make sense. It's it, it's regarded as like one of the best sports movies ever. It's fantastic. And it's a hockey movie. It's patriotic. Like it's got all the stuff that I would totally. It's think un-American. That you would want to see un-American Perfect. that you hadn't seen it. That's fair. What took you so long? Okay, so it came out in 04. 04. 04, I was, in co- I was in college. I was partying. There's probably a little bit of a dark period for films, especially had this came out in high school, I would have been all over it. But at this point, I was in college. My, my, my focus was on other things, you know, like uh, my grades and stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, dude. Doing a lot of class. Absolutely. Well, let's go right into it, Dave. I want you to answer first. Was oh, this boy. a Hall of Fame sports movie, an all-star, a starter, or a bench warmer? I will dub this an all-star sports movie. Okay. Will? I think it's a Hall of Fame sports movie. I agree. I think it's a, I think it's one of, I think it's in the top tier of sports movies. It's the yeah. it's, a, it's a Mount Rushmore sports movie for me. Oh. <sighs> I may I, I reserve the right to amend <laughs> only because I'm I'm less than twenty four hours of, of you know letting this soak in and I think the more time I have and I'll watch this again because it's on Netflix and honestly we'll get to this later but it, it got me hype so I will be revisiting this movie I for for reasons I will get to like there's just a few things lacking that weren't entirely the fault of the people in the movie the actors and whatnot but move on. Okay. Okay. Well, before we get into the categories and everything, um, doing this podcast, I've tried to nail down the formula for what it, what a perfect sports film is, and I feel like this one's close. And just briefly, the casting was good in terms of being a good sports action film, which is you know what we focus on in this podcast. The casting was good. They got athletes. The game action was really good. It got you to buy into the action, which is which is always you know always a plus. And uh, everything seemed realistic, and obviously, based on a true story, uh, it, it's kind of like a different. It's got a different factor to it because there's really a real life. You know, you can't go too, you know, off the radar with this one because they actually have to follow real life events. Uh, the real Jack O'Callaghan, a, a member of, of this 1980 gold medal team, said it was quote pretty darn close. To actual events uh, on the podcast, we're not going to critique it for this actually didn't happen or, or whatever because you know, like, what's the point? Then you know, you got to do stuff for dramatic effect. We're just going to go into stuff that that came off as realistic or could have happened. You know, we're not going to judge it off. You know, if you want to go look at what the movie actually changed up dramatically, go check out the IMDb trivia section. And uh, we'll go from there. So let's get right into it. What was the will for you? What was the most authentic part of this movie, sports-wise? I, I mean, for me, I think it was just the actual hockey scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, the actual skating looked legit. The actual shots they were taking looked legit. Everything was just... I mean, you could have told me that we were watching a hockey game. 
And I think that's attributed to the fact that they did want to cast hockey players more than they wanted to cast actors. And I'm, I'm not certain, and I, I don't know if I read this somewhere, but I think they spent a lot of time on the ice making sure that things were correct. Mm-hmm. Like they, they spent days just shooting like one game. They didn't shy away from the hockey action. Some sports movies focus on the plot and intersperse it with the actual on-field action. This movie did the opposite. It kind of focused on the on-ice action and let the plot revolve around that. I also thought that like, obviously there's parts of the scenes like the after the uh, Norway game when they tie them and they're doing the what suicide? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the again scene. The looks on their faces, it was like, yeah, I've had that look on my face before. Not from hockey, but like just regular sports. I've had that look, and I was like, yes, these guys look miserable right now. Like, this looks like the worst thing in the world. Yeah, we'll get into that scene here in a little bit, because I think that's a really realistic scene for a lot of reasons. Dave, what was the most authentic part for you? Uh, I co-signed Will. I thought the the hockey scenes were great. Um, I can't help but compare it to, you know, the hockey movies that I grew up watching, mainly the Mighty Ducks series and how bad those were. They're so bad. They're so bad. I thought <laughs> this did, this did such a good job. Um, but on another level, I thought this did a great job of showcasing how a team comes together and t- how k- team chemistry forms. That's a good point over like, you know, and they did this in what two hours. Mm-hmm. I thought that was believable. It wasn't cheesy. A lot of movies, you know, they have these, forced events that bring everybody together but like i thought this it it flew it it flowed together well and and the uh the again the the wind sprint scene or the whatever you suicides that that was like tastefully done i was like okay this makes sense this is you can see them becoming a team Mm -hmm. it was like painful for like the viewer to watch yeah like just as painful as it looked for them who's the assistant coach uh craig Dude, Craig, Craig looked like he was going to puke. I thought Craig was going to storm off or like hand Herb the whistle. Like, you fucking blow it. There's one more thing that I think is super authentic in the movie. What is that? The accents. Oh, so the many accents good were great. Like, that's Minnesota. how you knew that they got actual they hockey players good. and yeah. not actors. Like, yeah. it's like, oh no, these guys actually have these accents. Like, okay. I thought they casted um, Aruzioni particularly well just because that guy nailed it. Like, you know, yeah. Aruzioni was not the most talented guy on the team. But I, he just, and he was the captain, he just seemed like a good glue guy. I just looked up O'Callaghan, like, in real life, and, like, the, the way that their faces look so similar, uh, the actor versus yeah, I mean, the actual O'Callaghan. they crushed the casting. To avoid being the same thing, I think the most authentic thing, I loved Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell was kind of like the straw that stirred the drink, and I thought as... He played the part of, of Herb Brooks. Obviously, I don't know what Herb Brooks was like in real life, but mm-hmm. playing... In in this in this podcast, sometimes the coaches I do a thing called the brick wall test. Would you run through a brick wall playing for that guy? And he does it a different style than some coaches, but like I bought him as this motivator and this intense guy. He looks like he could chew glass in that game in Sweden when they're getting when they're getting their ass beat and like checking out girls in the stands. I bought into Kurt Kurt Russell as as Herb. He went all in. Oh yeah. Like all in. Is it? I think it's true that they actually didn't even call themselves by their actual names on set. They just called each other by their like player names. Yeah, it's called he, method acting. Yeah, they do that in a lot of like war movies. Like I know they did that in Band of Brothers. Just called each other oh, really? by their you know by their character names and stuff. And I think it's effective. And it kind of alludes to what Dave was talking about: is that they they built that chemistry and they showed you that slow build on screen, mm-hmm. and it it worked. Well, uh, you could make a case that this is a war movie as well. <laughs> 
That's right. I mean, this was the Cold it, War. It did Cold bring War down movie. communism yeah. eventually. This yeah. really, this might be the top Cold War movie yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. Did you guys have anything that was the least authentic? Oh, I've got one that jumps right out at Go me. Go ahead. All right. And it might be my biggest issue with the entire movie. So it's a Disney movie, right? You can't convince me that Herb Brooks didn't just cuss like a damn sailor. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with that. Like, I'm sure. Come on. Yeah. Like, you sure. know that dude. And the players. The players. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, there's certain words that, yeah, you just can't say in Disney movies. Yeah. I know. And that, that was it. That was my, my biggest issue. That It's, it's kind of like, uh, remember the Titans. Exactly. Like, it's... It was it was good because of the effort and the bankroll that Disney has, but at the same time, you can't swear. When you think about the main three Disney sports movies, I think it's like Remember the Titans, The Rookie, and Miracle. They all came out kind of in the same like five year swing. Uh-huh. I think Miracle still feels like the most adult movie, like the less the least yeah. cheesy, and you know for the kids and corny. Like it feels very adult, very mature. It doesn't feel like you're watching a kids movie, a Disney movie. But the lack of swearing is is definitely a uh, that definitely comes up in your mind. Yeah, yeah. Hockey guys have foul mouths. Yeah. Well, did you have anything that was the least authentic for you? It's this it, is like, be this very is nitpicky. super nitpicky. Like this was me watching the movie, thinking like, what's not authentic? And like, I don't even know if this is correct because 2019, and like my heyday of watching hockey, which is admittedly not now. I watched most of my hockey in like the mid 2000s and early 2010s uh and i think that if you went back and you looked at playing goalie in the 80s it might be more like the movie but it seemed like goalies were out of position a lot and it was just like how why are you so far out of the net right now seems like he was sprawling around yeah he was on his side like stacking pads every every save yeah it was a little over the top they got an nhl goalie to uh to be his stunt up when he had the mask on when the guy who played Jim Craig, Eddie Cahill, when he had the mask on they, they had a, an NHL goalie to stand in for him. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know if that was just the style, but it looked like, you know how in a lot of basketball movies, like in coach Carter, there's a zillion dunks where in reality in a high school game, there's not that many Hell dunks. Yeah. It seemed like, especially in the miracle game, Jim Craig had like 470 saves. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I, I know that, they did come out of the crease a lot more back in the day, but there were sometimes it was just like, okay, like I feel like you could just do one move and you'd have a wide open net. Yeah. But again, it's super nitpicky. Like all that, all those scenes, you know, the camera's really close to them. So I can't actually see how far, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It didn't yeah. distract me. It was literally me looking for something to nitpick. Yeah. I mean, there's not, I have, I have like two things. They're both nitpicky. They don't even really have to do with hockey. Like we can just knock out the stuff that didn't work and then get into heaping praise on this movie, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, the beginning, the first scene in the movie, her flies all the way out to Colorado for like a five minute meeting. Yeah. That could have been done via, via conference call, I think. If I would have taken out a flight for a five-minute meeting, I'd be furious. That's yeah. The only, he's meeting with the Olympic Committee to get the job. Like, I mean, I'm sure in in reality that meeting was probably like an hour and a half, but uh, it just it appears like a five-minute meeting. He's just like, we got to play the Soviets' game. We we got to take uh, we got to you know change how we play, and then it's like, all right, Herb, we'll we'll call you. Cool. It was like a quick job interview. Yep. They did grill him in that interview as well with questions that like were clearly to set the stage for people that didn't know about the Miracle on Ice mm-hmm. beforehand. Yeah. Like, it, they it were was, just forcing questions, and it was like, all right, the stage is now set. Now we can go on with yeah, it. Yeah, the Soviets are really good. We're not. <laughs> and, and go. How old do you guys think that Herb was supposed to be in this movie? 
Ooh. Forty-five. I will say. I'm gonna say forty-eight. He was supposed to be forty-three. The real Herb was forty-three. To me, Kurt old. Russell seemed like he was fifty-five to sixty. Yeah, he looked old. Because they talk about him being on the nineteen sixty team, which was twenty years previous, and I'm like, that guy doesn't look like he was playing Olympic hockey twenty years ago. No. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I still thought Kurt Russell crushed it, but that was, and for me, that's it. Kurt Russell's—he's not young. No, he's not. He dated my one of my best friend's mom in high school. How'd she say it was? Uh, I, she didn't have a lot of takes on it. They went to high school in Florida together, and uh, they dated, and like we've always just held it over my buddy's head, and I—it makes me love him even more. Is that his real name? I don't know. Interesting. I'm not sure. Those clothes just make you look older too. The, all the sure. polyester and, and, the, and the hair. The hair, man. Do you think that he? I mean, like, obviously, this is this was probably just for effect, but it was kind of a a jerk move of him to just completely avoid the party that his wife was having the costume party. I thought that was a big dad energy move. It was just like, <laughs> dude, you can't just sit in your office like looking at pieces of paper and playing your kid and like, well, what's it called? The little table hockey. Yeah, thing. like. At least, like, mingle for a I will sec. say, it looked like they didn't discuss it beforehand, though. He just got home from that meeting, and she was like, it's a costume party. Some of those costumes and, like, were not only over the top. were they having a costume party, they were having a costume party at their house. It wasn't like, hey, Herb, we're going to a costume party tonight. It's like, no, everyone we know is coming over here tonight. Mm-hmm. Hey, honey, I've got the, uh, the Olympics coming up. Maybe, maybe give me some quiet time. He needs a man cave. I kind of wanted more of the wife in the movie. They they, they definitely gave her her due. My my uh, fiance watched it for the first time with me, and I think the wife was her favorite character. She was great. She loved the wife. She's exactly what she needed to be. I'll I be think honest. She, I think she worked, and I think we should go into what what did work. What were you gonna say, Dave? This kind of, this fits into what did work. Okay. They did not force a love story. Yeah, no. like yeah. for any of the players. Yep. Like I'm so glad they didn't oh, shoehorn that, that in. So bad. Yeah, that would have been. so She's bad. a great actress. Who is it? Patricia Clarkson. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She was in. She's uh, been in a lot of really good movies. She was recently in uh, Sharp Objects. Yeah. I thought. Um, yeah, she was. The training montages worked. Like I love. The, it. I love it. A well done training montage and not a cheesy one. And this one, this one was well done. I feel like there were multiple, but they were not extended. Like they, they knew like when they needed to come to an end, and just. From uh, when I watched them skate and stuff, I was like, "This works! Like this is believable. It's not over the top." Um, but yeah, I thought I thought all that worked. They got guys who could skate. Like making that the priority. Uh, we touched on earlier, but making that the priority in casting, we're going skaters first and actors second, was huge. Yeah, because you had to believe that they were hockey guys and they carried themselves like hockey guys. And I think you know all the actors did an awesome job with their awesome accents and skating ability. They they tried out like something like four thousand guys for that role or for mm-hmm. the roles. Like that's a that's a lot. That's a big talent pool. Mm-hmm. And the guys that they really focus on, like I want to shout out like the guy who played OC, mm-hmm. uh, R.I.P. Sad story. We're not going to get into that. But it was Michael Mantenuto. I hope I didn't butcher his name. But OC has BDE. I mean, yeah. he was he had swagger, and I loved it. He oh, was yeah. uh, one of the Boston guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was the uh, the Boston guy who had a score to settle when they first uh, got in. Eddie Cahill, who played uh, Jim Craig, he did a. Uh, according to my fiance, he was in Friends and Sex in the City. According to my fiance, he he was the one who had a little bit of acting experience, but he played Jim Craig. Um, they they gave him kind of like you know some uh, some emotional parts to his role, like the guys who had you know, roles 
off the ice that weren't just skating, like that they gave some emotional meat to, I thought handled it really well. Like they carried themselves the right way. You're telling me that actor that played the goalie was not Cole Hamels? That was not Cole Hamels. Because no. I thought it was Cole Hamels the I entire think, uh, time. I think Cole Hamels was was still in high school at okay. that point. Oh, that's fair. Did have, dude, good looking dude, good flow. Yeah. Dude, the lot, hockey lot hair in that movie. Hockey hair was perfect. Yeah, a lot of flow. The hockey hair was inspirational. Like, if you're, if you're watching that movie and at some point you don't think to yourself, like, man, should I start growing my hair out? Like, you're lying to yourself. And you're also lying to yourself if you think that you can grow your hair out to look like that. It would never look as good as those guys. No. Let's get into the the again scene that we kind of talked about. They they fuck off in that game at Sweden, and Herb drags them on the ice and makes them skate, you know, suicides until they're thrown up on the ice and, and whatever. You better think about something else, each and every one of you. When you pull on that jersey, you represent yourself and your teammates. And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. Get that through your head. Again. I mean, that worked. That inspired a legion of coaches. I think after that to do punishment running to make players earn. I had multiple coaches do something like that, like after a bad game. Uh, Have you done like wind sprints after a bad oh, yeah. game? Oh, I, yeah. I've done it once, and it, it was the most infuriating thing in the world. We got home from a really bad road trip in college one time. And uh, the only, I mean, we pulled in late at night on a Saturday night and we're told we had to be at the, the baseball field. It was like at 6.30 or 7 or something like that. We had to pile our jerseys up on the field and we were just running triangles. It was a long day. Dude. So that's realistic. It inspired. We, we lost a game. This, was act, this isn't the same scenario. There was one game in soccer in high school where we had to run after the game and it, it just made me absolutely fur- furious. And then the other one was we lost 2 nothing to a team that was pretty equal to us, but a little bit better. We lost 2-0. And before practice every day, we had to run this four-mile loop. And before the game, or before practice, coach was like, well, so what did you guys lose yesterday? We said, well, uh, 0-2. And he goes, all right, uh, just do it twice then. And we were just like, doing it once sucks. Like, running four miles isn't fun. Doing it twice, it was just like, come on, dude. He, he pulled us halfway through and was like, don't, you guys can stop running, come back to the field. This movie also had that, there's like that sports movie tradition that being in good shape, like being well-conditioned means you're going to be a good team. They do that, and like Coach Carter, they, you know, they yeah. do a lot of training, make sure that they're not the tired team at the end. Herb stresses it in this movie. They do the same thing in Remember the Titans. So they kind of, they do that sports movie theme of, hey, if you can run, you, you, you'll you be good. You guys are good to go. That You're gonna win. only takes you so far. Yeah. But they, it brings, that's how you create the chemistry, man. It brings you together. You suffer together. Yeah. And then you become it, one. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Um, in a post-Tom Izzo, Michigan State world, did was it cool of him to humiliate his players like that in front of like, I mean, there's still some people in the crowd there brings them out there and punishes them like does that fly in 2019 i don't think i don't think it flies in 2019 i don't either I twitter would have would, a field day with it. yeah there, there's no way actually hockey twitter might just completely embrace it yeah if a co- yeah hockey twitter might but uh a uh like a basketball if college basketball coach did that no way what else worked for you guys i mean i've got a, i've got a long list i can keep going one of the things i liked that they did uh was they made making uh the guy ralph cox making him a main character so you feel the pain of when he gets that the axe as the 21st guy yeah that hurts that sucked mm-hmm. yeah that sucked i didn't like to see ralph go it, mm-hmm. as i think you said it earlier like 
they kind of set it up in a way that you thought they might bring him back eventually. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. no, no, we're just going to rip your heart out. Uh, I thought he worked in general because he looks, when I think of uh, late 70s hockey, mm-hmm. NHL, like that's what I think of. Ralph Cox. Yeah. That stash and the long hair. The stash, long hair, you know. That stash needed to go. Yeah. It was tight, but like... I would kill to, to have it. It was so gross. As a notorious baby face, I would kill to have that guy's stash. I thought... Um, I thought the beef between the uh, the Boston kids and the Minnesota kids at the beginning. I enjoyed that. I, I kind of liked it. Too. And apparently they, that was a real thing. Apparently there was some there was definitely some tension between those guys um, starting out. So and, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and I mean it alludes to what you you know Dave you talked about earlier with you know them showing how the team gels and, and comes together. They they do a good job of that, and it's not like one thing that just puts them. You know, oh, we're all happy now. Like it's it's a it's a gradual thing. I kind of wonder if those guys partied more than they showed because they showed them like having beers, but like they were very they were drinking responsibly. I wonder because you know hockey dudes go kind of hard. Yeah, I was curious. I'm like, did these guys get after it like more than they're they're leading on here? I mean, they have to. I mean, they're they were practicing pretty hard and and doing a lot of physical activity, but I would imagine that there was more beer drinking going on than they showed in a Disney movie. That that makes yeah. all the I think sense. someone I think someone definitely got I think a few guys definitely got shit housed yeah. each night. Makes sense. Um the uh the bring back Al Michaels and Ken Dryden and having them do the commentary for the Olympics, I thought they had them re-record all their own lines except for the, you know, do the you believe one? in yeah, the, the do you believe in miracles line? They just cleaned up that old audio, but they had them come re- and I thought that made all the difference in the Olympic games. It made you feel like even more like you were actually watching Olympic hockey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they brought him back. Cause it would have been weird had they just used the old audio because you would have had to completely tailor the scenes around the old audio. Mm-hmm. So having Al Michaels shots to Al Michaels, yeah. what the longevity of that career. I know. Yeah. Like, I mean, do you, I mean, maybe that maybe calling that moment so perfectly set him up for success immediately there. It definitely after. did. Oh, I don't I mean, really know the trajectory of the most of his iconic, career. It's one of the most iconic sports calls ever. I mean, it's going to live forever. I might drop it multiple times in this podcast. <laughs> it's that good. Uh, I think having their having their commentary was great. I've got a question for you guys. I don't know, and this is why I needed I needed guys who know hockey. Um, they go to the Olympics with 20 guys. That's mm-hmm. a big thing. You got to get the roster down to 20. You've got two goalies. You've got Jim Craig and Janicek. And in the game with the Soviet Union right before the Olympics, OC gets hurt. And they're talking about, you know, if you keep him and another guy goes down, you're going to have a hard team putting, you know, hard time putting guys on the ice. That would leave you with, if another guy went down, that would leave you with 18 guys, two goalies, and 16 players. Is that is that really a thing? That would be a hard time putting guys on the ice or did they do that for a dramatic effect i think it would make it would make your lines weird okay. like if you are if your lines are already established and then you have yeah. to start mixing and matching and then another guy gets hurt then it makes it like exponentially harder i'm going to assume what was o'callahan's position he was a defenseman okay that i think that makes it even hard like really hard yeah i'm not gonna act like i'm that fluent in like uh russian you know the hybrid method that, that herb was teaching them you know the blend of canadian yeah. and russian but like they, you know, they they craft these lines, you know, to mix and match based on like who's good at what, who's got the best chemistry. So you lose a guy, especially your your best defenseman, right? That's a big deal. It's like the most infuriating thing too. I mean, I remember, I like the Red Wings haven't been good for a really long time. So I had not a really long time, a few years. So 
ever since moving down here, it's much more difficult for me to muster up the energy to watch the Red Wings. Mm. And I'll watch a hockey game on once in a while if it's entertaining, especially in the playoffs. But one of the most infuriating things was when I didn't agree with the lines that we put out for playoff games. And it was just like, what do we do? Like, how, how do I think that I know better than the coach? And just checking that before every game, it was just, it was always something that was on in my mind. Um, but I assume that, you know, especially if, I think it's even more difficult with defensive pairings. And if you have another defenseman go out, then you're like, you're essentially just playing with a shorthanded team the entire time. Okay. That's, see, I needed the clarity on that. That decision to keep OC, because they say he can't play until the medal round, that decision to keep him leads to one of my favorite scenes, which is when in the first game, uh, McClanahan gets hurt in the first period and they take him back. And the doc says he's basically done, but he can't get hurt any worse. And her basically like mind fucks him into getting angry and playing again. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I thought that was the best scene in the movie. It's I love awesome. That. What the hell's wrong with you? Put your gear on. I said, put your gear on. Your doc told me I can't yeah, play. Yeah, I know. You got a bad bruise. You know what? Put your street clothes on, because I got no time for quitters. Come on, Herb. Nobody's quitting here. You worry about your own game. Only there to keep you busy. Bruise on the leg is a hell of a long way from the heart, you candy ass. What'd you call me? You heard me. You want me to play, huh? Is that what you want? I want you to be a hockey player! I am a hockey player! You want me to play on one leg? Huh? I'll play on one leg! That'll get him going. Get off me! Oh, yeah. Will that make you happy? I'll I'll clean up. I am a hockey player! It's awesome. When he walks out and looks at his assistant coach, Craig, and just goes, that'll do it, or that, you know, he just... That'll get him going. That'll get him going. That was so good. Craig needs to stop showing his hand so much. Craig, Craig had some smirks sometimes where I'm like, Craig, this works better if you don't show any emotion right now. Oh, you Walk- mean like when he walked into the locker room to tell Ralph to go see coach? You knew, dude, like, yeah, you no poker face at all. Like he no. knew what was happening after after the speech, like before the Russia mm-hmm. game. He's Craig is just standing there smiling and then he walks out of the locker room. It's like, dude, stop smiling. Like this is the most intense part of the movie. Yeah, and the first time the first time you see Craig on screen is at the the Olympic tryouts and he you know comes and talks to Herb or whatever and Herb is like, Craig, you're you know, you're a hell of a player, you're gonna make a hell you're gonna be a hell of a coach or something like that. And real life Craig Patrick, sure, maybe. I'm not sure movie Craig Patrick becomes a hell of a coach. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a very good point. I like, think he gets walked over. He seems by like a, lot a player's players. players coach. Definitely yeah. a player's like, coach. He definitely like he was a, a journeyman coach in the NHL for a little bit, maybe. Like that's that's yeah. like that's the peak of what the actual movie character could have been. Like he just didn't have it. He didn't have Moxie. Yeah, not a not a lot. Um let's go best on screen athlete. I feel like best and worst on-screen athletes or something it's really hard to pick i don't think there's a worst i think everyone who graced the screen was good if if we want to say worst on-screen athlete we can lump coaches into that and just say craig <laughs> craig is the assistant coach was the worst as far as best i, it's I like, just looked up what craig did and is like actual craig patrick did in his career oh what did what did craig do he turned he panned out oh did he, he panned out yeah it says Patrick was the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins when he oversaw back-to-back Stanley Cup championships in 1991 and 1992, as well as drafting and signing some of the players that would later win a Stanley Cup for the Penguins in 2009. Damn. Shout out Craig. C- Craig did it. He did the thing. Good for Craig. Man. I was worried about him. Uh, 
Yeah, as far as best on-screen athlete, um, the guy who was Jim Craig's stunt double, former goalie Bill Ranford, I guess. I mean, clearly, legitimately a good athlete. But all these guys were, you know, a lot of them were college hockey players. And, you know, it showed. They put in, they do a thing that a lot of sports movies don't do, and that's get real athletes. Mm -hmm. Which I, almost, I think makes movies better. Man, I don't know if this will stack up, but I almost want to give it to... Uh, the Russian Boris uh, Michaelov. Yeah, 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 he was intimidating. Dude, I like that, that guy. I don't. I don't know if he was forty years old or if he was just that much of a beast. Where he was, yeah. he looked older. But man, that guy was intense. Yeah, he was intimidating. He looked hor the whole Russian team. It was scary. A bunch of scary dudes. They did a good job making making Russia the villain. Yeah. Oh yeah. Weird. They're they're so friendly now. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh yeah that whole russian team they did a good job with that they they did a good job of making them seem bigger and faster and uh they definitely seemed like a more imposing team it mm -hmm. was like the level of like iceland versus team usa and the mighty ducks they okay yes and something this movie did really well they didn't overdo it the first time they faced each other where okay so like when when the Ducks, or when Team USA in, in different movies. We're wronging, we're wronging Miracle by comparing it to no, no, Mighty Ducks. Okay, I'm just saying, like, so, you know, Iceland was was the rush of that. They're the villain, and they're the bigger and stronger and faster and better. And, like, it wasn't even a competition. No. Like, they just, it was like uh, you're playing a peewee team and you're a varsity. This, though, it was like, yeah, they were better, but it wasn't so over the top that it was that crazy that USA could win it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's like they weren't getting like flip, like they weren't doing flips whenever they got hit. They weren't mm -hmm. like going through the glass. Yes. Like there was no, there was no absurdities that happened during the first game or really like ever. I do, I do have one question about the, in the, in the, uh, semifinal, uh, the miracle game. Yes. The miracle mm -hmm. game. I do have a question about like, there was one hit where a team USA guy just goes flying into this, the, um, bench. I and I was stuff. like, this seems yeah. like a little, too absurd like okay. he, he went flying into the bench i yeah. just have questions about that dave said dave said to me this morning he was like i wonder if this entire game is on youtube or somewhere that i can watch the entire game because i would totally like, oh i'm sure it is they used uh footage from from some old from some older olympic games and like the uh I know they used footage from the game of the Soviet Union playing the NHL All-Stars that Herb's watching on TV when they just beat up the NHL All-Stars. That was actual footage from that game. So I I got to imagine the Miracle on Ice game is is on YouTube. It's got to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to watch it at some point. Yeah, I am too. Be a good watch. Let's get into, I think, my favorite category, and especially for this movie, I think this might be the best movie for this category. I'm calling this the big chill. Okay. That's the, uh, the, a, a good sports movie gives you the chills, gives you, you know, gives you the feels at some point. And I feel like this movie, I've, I'm going to list off nominees and then we gotta, we gotta pick one. I got a lot for this movie. Um, first and foremost, the, uh, Mikey Ruzioni saying I play for the United States of America after the again scene to make Herb stop from running them to death. Yes. So there's that. Um, there's the one where right before the Olympics, when he decides to keep OC, walks walks out to the ice and said, "That's you know, that's why I'm going to keep you." There's the the Sweden game, the first game of the Olympics, where they they need that tie at the end. It was very intense, and they get that kind of last second goal uh, to you know they pull they pull Jim Craig. I can't remember who gets the goal. Maybe Mark Johnson, but it, you know uh, the great moment speech before the. Um, you know, before the Miracle on Ice game that Herb gives. 
the first goal in the Miracle on Ice, the first U.S. goal when OC comes off the bench, uh, you know, for the first time after, uh, you know, he's been he's been injured. This is his first game in the Olympics. He he hits that guy and that clears the way for the goal. The uh, the Mark Johnson goal where he comes off the bench with like ten seconds. They they pull Jim or they send they send Johnson out and he scores the goal with like ten seconds left to go into. I think it was the end of the first period. And then the Rizzo goal, the goal that eventually becomes the game winner, uh, that they've been they led up to that play the whole movie. You know, they um, Rizzo keeps going wide with the shot, and then um, do you believe in miracles? The do you believe in miracles line directly from the voice of Al Michaels in 1980. Do you guys have what sticks out for you? There's a lot in this movie that gives you the chills makes you feel very patriotic. For me, for me the one that we talked about a minute ago when uh, Mac you know, gets the bone bruise and he goes in and tricks him and they get pissed off. Just like, I don't know, Max, Max, like emotion and like the way he goes at coach. That was the, for me, that might've been my favorite part of the movie. Um, He's screaming that I am a hockey player. Yeah, that man. I thought that was great. Uh, my only issue with when OC is on the crutches on the ice and he finds out like he's going to play. I, I was like, man, can you be on crutches on ice? I couldn't <laughs> yeah. help. Like what? I was like, that seems dangerous. Yeah. As like, hell. Yeah. like, being on crutches on like slick slick surfaces like that is just completely irresponsible. Yeah, like you're already hurt. Yeah. Quick detour from this category, real quick, because I almost forgot something. So OC is hurt. He doesn't even know if he's going to be on the roster, but they they still take him. He's still at the Olympics. We couldn't have gotten Ralph a bus ticket and some US gear, and he couldn't have been chilling with the team. Fair. Maybe that happened, but like I would have, it would have made me feel so much better if Ralph was like on the bench in a U.S. jumpsuit. Yeah, watching hand him the game. some water bottles that he can like squirt in guys' mouths or something. Exactly. Like, come on, let, get, get him in the locker. Like, like a o- symbolic. He's a total locker room guy. Yeah, with like so if if Herb wasn't gonna keep OC, he's like OC, I'm you know I can't can't risk you with that injury. We're gonna cut you. Here's a bus ticket. You know it's gonna get you to the airport. You fly wherever, but you're not staying here. So that that was one thing I would have loved to have seen Ralph in some U.S. U.S. jumpsuit. It would have been great. I agree. Back to the big chill. (laughs) I honestly like I. So I knew that we were going to do this category, and I was waiting for the parts in the movie that would give give me like the chills. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the final speech before the game is like one of the biggest ones. I think it's number two for me. I'm kind of embarrassed by my number one because I think it's a little cheesy, and it's it's as we've said, it's not true. But the Mike Ruzioni thing, like it, that's when I got the chills the most. And I know that it's not how it happened. And I know that it shouldn't be the, the moment because it was cheesy. But at the same time, like I remember sitting there and just being like, holy shit. Mike Ruzioni. Went through Massachusetts. Who do you play for? I play for the United States of America. That's all, gentlemen. Dude, every time I watch the movie again, when I did my rewatch, my fiance was watching for the first time. And she literally, I mean, I've seen this movie a thousand times. And during that scene, like she saw me, I'm just on the couch and waiting <laughs> for it. I'm like, fucking give it to me. Yeah. Give me that Mike Ruzioni. I play for the United States of America. It's great. That being said, the do you believe in miracles line, like it sent a, it, every time it sends like a shockwave through my body. 
still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Tomorrow. Up to tilt. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! It'll never not send a shockwave. Like, it'll always be there. It's just, I mean, it is. And it's a testament to the movie. Like, you knew it was coming. This is based on a true story. They get you to buy into the action. There are very few sports movies that get you invested like you're watching a game. And this one is one of them. Like, I think I think Creed does that with the bo- with the boxing match, especially the first one. If you've seen Creed, the first match is the first boxing match is really intense. You're like, you're right in there in the middle of the ring, and it's one set shot. It's awesome. I feel like this movie gets you like that, like you're you're invested in watching a game. I don't feel like that in like a Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. There's not a single baseball movie where I feel like that, where I'm invested in it. Because even because most movies you're just cherry picking a few you know points in the game. Like the last scene in Major League, there's really like the last game. There's really like three scenes, and that's it. This movie, you are invested in the entire thing. I mean, they like skip over almost the entire second period, but yeah, like the the first period and the third period, you're in the shit. And so there's that amazing payoff with the "Do you believe in miracles?" And, I, I think that all comes time. down to like the them striving for realism when it came to the hockey, like them being actual hockey players. Mm-hmm. You compared it to Creed. I I read it or I listened to it on a podcast that Michael B. Jordan, his body just completely shut down after the movie was done taping. Mm-hmm. I think one of the final scenes they taped was his final fight, and apparently he his body just shut down for like a week, couldn't move, like he was just dead. And he was just training like a boxer would train. And he looked like it. Like, he was jacked. Oh, yeah. He looked awesome. I think when movies put in the effort to make you feel like you're watching a real sporting event, it really pays off and, and makes a good sports movie. I thought of one more big chill moment. It's not the. It's not it's still not my top. But it, when they're starting the third period and everyone's chanting USA in the crowd and her brings them together and he's like, listen to him. You know, this is look what you, mm-hmm. you did or whatever. Like, that's great. Also massive home field advantage. Massive. Yeah. <laughs> massive. What's, tough, the name of the the What's the name of the center who was facing Mikel? Mark Johnson. Played by Eric him Peter staring Kaiser. down Boris Mikhailov or however oh, yeah. you say his name. Him staring him down was awesome. Yeah. That stare down scene was intense. He he mm. cowered away so badly the first time they played, and then like that next time it was just like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, he's winning the stare down. He lost the face off, which yeah. is tough. You can't stare <laughs> a guy down and then lose the face off. Well, it's funny they use uh, Dryden's commentary. He he says the thing about like the U.S. team now they're starting to believe or something, mm-hmm. and they show it on with the action of how like they're going, you know toe-to-toe and they kind of show in the olympics in general they show a more confident team like when matt comes back from that injury in the sweden game and he's just like they show him like fighting through the injury but still being super aggressive yeah you know you just you feel like that team is really good that's like the best hockey team i've ever seen yeah it was a movie yeah but and i think that's like a good a good kind of thing to end on is this movie made you feel like you were invested in this hockey team and watching you know, a real hockey game. And that's why for me, it's a hall of fame sports movie. I think it's awesome. And, uh, I appreciate you guys coming on the pod to talk about it because I, I needed hockey guys and I got some hockey guys. What'd you guys think of how they handled the, uh, the actual gold medal game? I didn't need to see anything. I didn't need the same. I thought that was, get that out of here. Yeah. At first I was thinking like, man, is it weird? They're just not gonna gloss over this. And then like looking back, I was like, 
There's no way they could have done it. No, why even try to match the intensity mm-hmm. of what you said? I know. Happened? Like, like don't that would do have that. Been, that would have just dragged this thing out another 20 minutes. Yeah. 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 No, I, I thought they did the right no thing. No one yeah. cares. I think Literally was, no one cares about that. Game. I think that was the right call. I'd say 90% of casual sports fans think that that was the gold medal Oh, they game. My, definitely do. When my fiance was like, wait a minute, that wasn't the gold medal game? Like, after they were done, they showed him beating, uh, they beat Finland. But Top apparently, apparently yeah. they were down in that game. Yeah. They said it was another comeback, which came back I kind of want to review that, too, and see how intense that game was. I confirmed. You can watch the entire game on YouTube. It's an hour, 49 minutes. Maybe okay. one day we'll get Miracle 2, the gold medal game. For my yeah. 30, for my next birthday, I'm just going to buy like a 12 pack of Molsons and just sit there and watch the the Miracle Game. Buy yourself That'd a Eurozioni jersey yeah. And, yeah. and go for it. I know it's a Canadian beer, but I feel like <laughs> Canadian beer and American hockey kind of they're they're hand in hand. Yeah, they could never do Miracle too because like the Finns Finns are just good people. Nobody has beef with Finns. <laughs> This movie is just highly re- rewatchable too. Yeah, it is. Like it made me. The best thing about this movie, I think, is that it's on Netflix and it's been on Netflix for a very long time. Is it one of the longest Disney movies? Two hours and fourteen minutes is a long Disney movie. It's up I feel there. Like. Yeah, I mean, this is one again that is really. It's not quite tailored for kids. Yeah, it's definitely not a kid. Like the rookie is very. I love the rookie for a lot of reasons, but it's also very corny, very tailored mm-hmm. for you know children. Like this is an adult movie. Yeah. With this no cussing, besides Herb calling Mac a candy ass. Candy ass. Candy ass. It's good. It's good. That's Disney swearing right there. That's yeah. that's that's getting in his shit right yeah, there. Yeah, you make it more kid friendly when you put candy in front of it. That's right. It's perfect. It's great. Yeah. Good movie. Great movie. Can't, I, I am shocked that I had never seen it. It's, it's a shame. I'm glad you've seen it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh officially a it's one guy. of my favorites. I think it's it's not out of the question to say that it is a Mount Rushmore. It's a it's a top four. And I'm not even, you know, I'm not even a hockey guy. I watch maybe half of one hockey game a year, but this is, it's still just fantastic. Are there any other hockey movies that you you enjoy? I mean, like Slapshot's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Mighty Ducks are the Mighty Ducks, but it's not, you can't put the, they're playing a different game here. Mystery Alaska? Have you ever seen that? I have not. Uh, I've been told by like four different people. I've gotten uh, DMs for this podcast. Like, hey, you need to do Mystery Alaska. It's not a tried and true hockey movie, but it's 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 centered around hockey, and it's it's a it's a good movie. I mean, Russell Crowe's in it. He's good. It's, it all takes place in Alaska, obviously. It's it's an entertaining movie. The other hockey movie that I like, which is actually I actually thought it was legitimately funny, and it's not realistic at all. Uh, Goon. Oh, I love Goon. I forgot yeah. about Goon. Like, I love Goon. I watched it and I was like, I actually liked that movie. Goon is a good. Goon is a really good movie. Goon is on the list. I mean, I don't want to end this podcast without doing every single sports movie, and uh, so we're gonna get to all of them. But yeah, Goon is up there. Goon is a good one. It's good. It's a good movie. I feel like I gotta get a Canadian guy on for Goon. Goon is one of the most yeah. Canadian movies I've ever seen in my life. Goon Two is pretty much just Goon again. That's all I needed out of that movie. though. <laughs> Guys, thanks for coming on. Where can the people follow you? Well, first and foremost, you should subscribe to the Circling Back podcast. Give us, let us earn your business. Maybe, uh, maybe subscribe to that that Patreon as well. Patreon as well. well. Yep. If you're a Bachelor fan, which I know hockey and Bachelor are pretty much you know, same thing, exact same thing. So yeah, hit that up. Uh, but you can also follow me at Will DeFreeze on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, hit me up at D Carter Ruff on Twitter, at DC Ruff on Instagram. Give us a shot. That's all we ask for. Give them a chance to earn your business. As always, if you enjoy Trouble with the Script, please make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play. 
uh, rate and review, share with any friends who also love sports movies. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Trouble Pod, on Instagram at Trouble with the Script Pod. You know, let me know what you think, what movies you're looking up, you know, looking for, and uh, we'll catch you next Thursday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.